I always put my head in the wrong place. So I was always feeling a bit fuzzy and a bit dizzy days after. Um, but this one time, this it just wasn't going away. And I, I remember doing a, a recovery session on the field and coming into the change room and just saying to the team doc, mate, just can you just check me? Something, something feels funny, something feels off. And within 10 minutes, I was strapped on a spinal board being taken into the the hospital with a suspected broken neck and from there it was it was confirmed and yeah it was a long road it's a little intro going you won't be able to hear about the headset like like a i love it yeah can you hear that got you hey like it yeah. oh, i'll leave it on now are you sure <laughs> Well, Sherlock Holmes, Tim. How are we doing? You all right? How are you doing, brother? I'm good, thank you. Very good. Mate, first and foremost, thank you for being here. Instantly loving your vibe since you've been in the door. It's um, a lot of good energy. Well, it's outside the comfort zone, not going to lie, but a good mate of mine, Gil Dudson, said, oh, I've set this up for you. You can go and have a chat. I was like, right, okay, let's do it. <laughs> well, mate, Gil's, Gil's a good mate of mine, and he's obviously a good mate of yours, and... Um, He's he's done a podcast as well, actually. <clears throat> he can he can waffle as well. Oh, he can talk. <laughs> oh, he can talk. But no, he's a, a, a top bloke and a good kind of example of, of a player, a kind of modern day player that's looking after mm. the transition and the way the life you know his life after rugby is going. And yeah, no, he's an example for for many young players coming up yeah. he's got a lot of time for them so yeah no but that's enough because otherwise <laughs> we all know his head will swell his head that's can't enough. get much bigger that's enough it's that's <laughs> enough <laughs> he won't get out that door um, but to be fair like you just said then about transitions and you know all about that in the rugby in the rugby realm um, you know you you recently turned 40 if you mind me telling anyone just let the listeners That'll, know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um you know, transitioning out of rugby was probably totally different when, you know, you were coming to the end of your career. I know it didn't go the way you wanted to, to maybe now, hopefully there's a lot more systems in place. Yeah, and to be fair, because I've kind of done a lot of work on this in, you know, over the years, the many years, as you've quite nicely pointed out there. <laughs> um, but I feel, in a way, I, um, I transitioned out of rugby twice. And I know that sounds really silly, but when I... Um, you know, I always say I never, I never really played. I just made up the numbers. I put a kit on and I made the numbers up. I was never good by any stretch. But what I did, you know, I could work hard, and that gave me the kind of an environment to work hard, and I got the rewards for it. Yes, I got injured quite badly and had to retire, and that was like the first, my first transition, obviously, mm. out of the game. And I remember um, at the time when I when I finished, I was being coached by Steve McCormack and Andy Haig. Uh, he was the strength and conditioner there. And both of those guys said, we want to keep you in and around the team. It's important. I think, you know, you, would, yeah, you can give a lot to the team. And I was very thankful for that. Alongside that, I had um, a certain man, Terry O'Connor, telling me about just be careful, just be careful because people wrap up their identities as yeah. Tim Holmes, the rugby player, and you staying within rugby could kind of keep that going for a period of time mm. and you're not a rugby player anymore. Yeah. I didn't listen. I was you know, that person, oh no, you know, I could be the next strength and conditioning coach within rugby league, I'll be mega, blah, blah, blah. 
it was only then when I finished and came out of rugby, once Widnes got relegated a fair few years later, that then I realised, oh, shit, this is that transition everyone talks about. Mm. Because despite not being a player, I was still walking into a room and everyone was saying, oh, there's Tim, he's at Widnes Vikings. And everyone yeah. would come over and have that conversation. Suddenly, my head went, what are people going to talk to me about now? Yeah, wow. Well. And and so that when I talk about the two times I transitioned, that that's why because you know I feel like you look at the number of players that go into that coaching role. Is that because they're yeah. of destiny to coach, or is it mm. because they feel like it's safe? Mm. I don't know. I may I totally agree with you, and I we'll talk a bit more about your injuries and everything. But I I think I essentially have retired twice without officially saying it this year. But like. I in, I retired after three knee reconstructions <clears throat> and that felt like a breakup of all breakups but I had to, I couldn't even go to a game for like a year I couldn't go watch I remember driving past and seeing my brother play and I was like I gotta go <laughs> it's just like yeah. it's crazy mate and 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 I think I needed that and if I went straight back into it oh man like I think I'd be in a pickle today like as in mental pickle yeah and 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 going back this time around probably even people in the team now could probably see I was, I'm I'm not I wasn't buying into how I used to like um if that makes sense Tim like um you know you could be one of the lads but I wasn't one of the lads essentially where it was like you know get neck and beers and talking shit yeah, and yeah, yeah I was just like I'm happy to be I'm training with you but I have a, maybe you, this is called maturity as well. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's maturity as yeah. well. Like I didn't want to buy in with all the youngsters and talk about what we don't used to talk about. And, you know, I think, I think it's, it was a, it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, don't get me wrong. The youngsters are having the best time. Yeah. Of their enjoy lives. it. So and it, it genuinely was that like those years are the best times yeah. ever, but you're right. Yeah. Like we all grow, we all learn. Yeah. We all learn by all the mistakes we made <laughs> and we realize that, yeah. That ain't gonna work for me right now. It's not. It's funny though, right? I think rugby. We we love getting naked in rugby, don't we? It's something about it. I was, I was trying to tell my mate. Mom. I still do now. My <laughs> missus goes mad, and she just doesn't get it. <laughs> she just doesn't get. I'm naked again. What's That's going it. on? Like she, the party trick. We were on holiday recently, a family holiday, uh, and as you do, you go to the entertainment at night, yeah. and the kids are like, "Oh, this week we're having a, a couples night." So my missus is like, "Come on, we'll do that." I'm like, no, we are not getting up on that stage. Ten minutes later, it's me with the top <laughs> off doing some sort of stupid dance around the stage. She's oh. like, see? <laughs> but yeah, it's it crazy. Is, it happens, isn't it? Like this year, right? When I went back, I went to Swinton this year and we got there and it was like, all right, there's a dice roll for everyone. You know, we all everything was a dice yeah. roll. I got there and I was like, the first dice roll was, I can't remember in what order, but we'll, we'll just say the first one was, um, naked burpees yeah. in front of in the meeting room. Physi what women physios there, you know, thirty blokes sitting down. Coach so casual about it, just na five naked burpees. That's number one. Number two was sing a song, sing a song in front of everyone. That, that I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Number three was the cinnamon challenge. Number four was sitting the whole meeting naked. Wow. Yeah. Forty minute video session. And you That's brilliant. Part. That's brilliant. Follow naked. And um, five was, I think, a fine, 20 quid. And then six was roll again. No, no, um, you give it to someone else. To give roll. it to someone else. And and then, you know, if you were a dick of the day, you'd have to wear a hot dog the whole training session. 
And I, I remember telling people outside of rugby this, and they're like, what the, what the fuck's wrong with rugby people? But if you said that to another rugby guy, they're just like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's the release valve, isn't it? <laughs> but it, it, in a funny way, it makes everyone accountable, <laughs> doesn't it? Because no one wants to do it. Nah. I mean, the, the stories as you're going through those, it's funny how you, you get so wrapped up in a team environment, don't you? Think yeah. You're the only team that does it as well. But yeah. as soon as you say dick of the day, you're like, everything's flooding back of all the stories I've got. And you mean, you're talking to a bloke who made in his debut year, only played, I think it was three or four games before the end of the season. Mm. Didn't score a try. Oh, naked run. Naked run. That's what you have to do. Went, took me into a local pub. I'm not going to say because it'll ruin my credibility ever <laughs> again. But took us into a local pub and we'd been drinking all day. Yeah. They then said, right, Sherlock, it's your, your turn to do your run. So I just did it. Stripped off, ran off, ran back. Didn't realise we'd been drinking since seven o'clock. Oh. I thought it was evening. <laughs> it was lunchtime. We're bang opposite a high school oh, at no. lunchtime. And I'm running down the street. <laughs> so next minute we've got directors turning up at the pub, the lot. So yeah. So yeah, we've all been there. We've all learned. That could have got messy, real messy. Oh yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of nostalgia there. That's it. That's it. But it's frightening, isn't it? Like mm. you talk about it and we talk about learning yeah. and that's not me anymore. But the second you get involved in that and that story, it takes yeah, you straight yeah. back and you're, you oh, they, they were great times. It was, it is good times. Even like my mate sent me two days ago, I think, it was a video of a, a, a guy running down the streets bollock naked. And he's obviously, I knew straight away, before I seen the video, like before the video, he's naked. I'm like, he's obviously doing an initiation yeah. or he's like, it's a forfeit of a team. And if you're not in the team, you don't get those concepts. But for me, I was like, oh, okay, it's happening. Imagine that in the corporate world. <laughs> Starting a new business, first day, pulling in in front of all the employees and just stripping you down and get then down making Karen. you sing a song. It'd be great. <laughs> Although, joke, like, as much as we're laughing, uh, in my, my most previous role that has nothing to do with sport, I tried to in introduce some of that. Yeah, well. Uh, and it, with, it was only, like, really tame. It was only kind of telling a joke in front of the organisation. But it's funny how stressed people get just about... And I was doing it like, right, so Ollie, next week, you're going to start the meeting with your joke. The oh. pressure people felt was crazy. Yeah. So for all we're laughing and we're saying it's immature, I think some of this, the confidence to be able to public speak, to be able to go up to a stranger yeah. and have a conversation, in a weird way, it teaches you it's that. Good. Because... Honestly, you you see these executives, these people that you know are unreal at the job, mm. making mega money. Tell us a joke, crumble. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's so Funny. true that is. It's it's um really getting out of your comfort zone, and and like I think you you people are so hardwired into a certain way. They've done this, and this creates this, and it makes this, and then it's like okay, we'll sing a song in front of the group on Zoom today. Yeah, they and they will say to you. Why? What's the point? What's the point? What's this doing? We, we've got a meeting here to discuss the, f the funding structure for the next year. Yeah, it has no relevance on the funding structure for this year. But what you're actually doing is giving someone a tag into this meeting. Mm. You've got some, you've given now everyone a reason to remember this meeting, yeah. to take those action points. Do you remember when Ollie told that crap joke <laughs> on Friday? Oh yeah, but I've, but I've not done my action points. I need to get done mine done because I've got yeah. my joke next week. It, it's funny how you can pull on things and it makes things memorable for people. So, yeah, it does seem silly. It does crumble you. But 
you're then in a big conference and told to get up on stage, you know how to pull a joke out of your back pocket, don't you? You've got to be. It's, it's, it's the lessons in it all, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It makes sense. So, wow, I didn't... I, yeah, I remember even like... Even... I, I'm going down the hole now. I'm going down the route. I've got to be careful. But I remember when it was my first ever year of, of youth rugby and I was playing rugby union, 16. And we got told... Like, before that, we'd all shower in our boxes. <laughs> you yeah. know straight away where I'm going with this, but I literally remember going in the into the change into the showers in my boxes and like literally one of the guys like ripped them off me. Get those off and you yeah. you don't shower in your boxes at home, do you? <laughs> I uh, yeah, I've got a uh, so I did quite a lot with the the schoolboys. Yeah, and this is down. Yeah, yeah. Be careful with down a rabbit hole. And but um, there was a, a guy Roger Harrison, well well known within witness rugby circles. Um, he's actually on the board of directors at Witness now. Um, he he was a big big believer in kind of teaching these lads what life would be like yeah. moving up, and that you know you know you've got to be very careful what you say these days, etc. But mm. that was one of his things about we all get in the shower together, yeah. We all eat together, yeah. We all dress properly. We all dress the same. You all turn up in black boots, and mm. and you know. Often we get we're told now about not instilling principles on people too much and forcing people 100%. down, but it can also teach discipline as well, and that then leads on. We were talking before about how I got into rugby, and particularly yeah. how I got into witness, and it was a coach called John Myler who was the same. You you do not. I had a pair. Of the you remember the red Mizuno boots? Yes, I know the ones. Grow, growing up watching Bobby Goulding playing in these red Mizunos, it was like. They're the boots to have. Turned up, first session, you're going home. Wow. What? You can come back when you've got black boots on. No one in this team is flash. We all wear black boots. To this day, preparation is key because if I don't turn up perfectly for John Myler in my head, I'm going home. It's mad. It's mad. It's mad though those things trigger you. Like even then, I remember once when like, you know, the flash boots were coming in. I'd always wear black boots or like a, a white, like nothing flashy, but I, it was because growing up, I used to love Johnny Wilkinson. I used to love like the, you know, the Dan Carters and even in the, the in the rugby league days, it was like Rob Burrow, love Rob Burrow. Yeah. But I, I thought for you to be an exceptional player, you've got, you can only wear exceptional boots when you're an exceptional player. Like you've, even Gavin Henson, who's Welsh, I don't know if you remember Gavin Henson. Oh yeah, he yeah. He had yeah. those golden boots and yeah. everyone loved him. But like, I was like, only certain caliber of people can wear Earn those the boots. right. Yeah, earning the right. It is, and it. I mean, it. It always. My dad would always say, "Well, it just puts a target on your head for mm. the person." You know, we, we cripple the lad in those boots, yeah. flashy boots, and it, to to some extent, I think that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of psychology in it, mm. but I, I am. I am. I would. I never believed I was. One of the flash players. I never was oh, like it. Was it just so it was. I was just a worker, and to be fair, that's what I am now. I just just graft and yeah. and so yeah. There wasn't any red Mizuno boots put on, <laughs> mate. Well, I think I feel like we can go down a, a long journey of just talking about memories, and yeah. it's, it's a great one at times. It is, and like you said, it, it does build. Really, does build. Um, it builds like you you get to know each other more. Like you build that real rapport, like you said, and yeah, like you're not just it's not just this surface level type of connection with each other. You actually, um, I said this in a talk recently, like, you know, you do these training preseason camps with each other. You're like, you really build a bond when you've gone to war, or gone in the trenches together. Oh, 100%. Um, 
hundred percent. And and funnily enough, I was having a conversation um, yesterday. Um, we were at my sister's gymnastics competition, talking to a fellow mum, and she mentioned someone. I was like, I remember him. He used to play rugby. And she said, Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember him. I was on a tour uh, in Australia with students, Great Britain. Like straight away, and that was that was me. I was off then for 10 15 minutes blasting on how good a bloke he was and the things we got up to yeah. and the, the time we had. And and it is, it, it's because it entrenches you. Because when you're in that environment and you're all after that one common goal, mm. and it is everything, it is you're loyal to the team, mm. you, you're doing everything you can in training, away from training, constantly thinking about. Like they become your family. What yeah. I found hard, I think, when I transitioned out was how when, you know, I only ever had played at Witness. I then went on to only ever really work at Witness. It's when you move away from that yeah. and you realise that those friendships are for that time. That purpose, yeah. They don't last a lot of them. Now, we've mentioned the big Eddie Gildards and he's one of a, a fair few yeah. people that, that you that you kind of have that connection with outside. Yeah. But it, it does, it's funny how you can see these people having not seen them for so mm. many years and you're straight back in there like you'd only seen them yesterday, but you don't speak to them. Again, it's funny. And it, it, it's all down to, I think, that purpose because yeah. then a lot of the time they obviously go on to their own clubs and their own different challenges and then the purpose shifts and... Yeah. They it's give everything to what they've got then at that moment. So true that, Tim. Even like you said, I think with Gil though, like, and I can relate to this as well, because we're from, not from Witness, for instance, like Will, Gil's not from Witness, right? I think you value friendships more. Like, yeah. And not, nothing wrong with anyone who's a local lad who's played for the local team, but you know no different. Like you come up to North England or if you go to Australia, you are an isolated, you got to make an effort to yeah. make friends with people. So if he's valued you, and it might have been time over, like you know he's gone to other clubs, and but he's valued that relationship, and that's where I think I can relate to Gil in that aspect because you're like, no, I, you really got to build a bond with someone. Do you know? And and this is something that I've I've been thinking about for a while myself. That I, I think I struggle with friendships, mm. and I'll, I'll I'll explain why I. Um, think the way my head works is I need that purpose I need that drive and I don't and it's wrong I'm not saying this right but I, I struggle to to just reach out and say hello to someone I know it's what I should be doing um, and I don't know if it's kind of trauma from kind of still not progressing as a person from my rugby or whatever um, but I, I really struggle now I've got diehard friends yeah. particularly from school that if they rang me today and said I need you here in 10 minutes I'd be finishing this podcast and I'm going but I'm not ringing him to say hi pal you alright you've had a good day it's it's yeah, funny yeah. and I and I, I struggle with that and I don't know if that's down to I don't, I don't know where that comes from I don't know if that is due to that team environment and probably the sense that in order to get you know to become a player you have to kind of put those nights out with your mates aside and you feel disconnected mm. but like you've pointed out I'm 40 like those days are long gone yeah. I'm not that person anymore so yeah I don't I don't, I don't know it's something that yeah. I need to get better at that I, I think we're all human though and, I, and I, one thing I've realised since being over you and maybe it's a reflection of me is like people 
in the UK live to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like you will devote 90%, not you, we will devote 90% of our time to working and then we have minimal play. And that minimal play, if you've got a partner, if you've got kids, you've got commitments. And then nine times out of ten, then you're like, on the weekend, you're resetting again, so you're getting your groceries in. You've got some dec- decoration or DIY shit to do at the house. Yeah. So you've really filled up every gap in your day to do anything. And then before you know, you're like, shit, I, I did it. And I haven't, it's been three months since I've seen anyone. I spoke to the lads. Well, that's it. And mate, I, so I listened, I heard something uh, a few weeks ago about retirement that, we work all of our lives to the age of 60, 65, 70 to retire. But at the time that we then retire to do nothing, our bodies are that ruined from all the work we've done that we can't enjoy it. So yeah, like I think there is a place for kind of disconnecting as we were talking before. Mm. I've got a good time to disconnect right now and I'm still struggling. So yeah, I think it's how it's wired, but then I don't necessarily see that as a weakness in, in that sense because that's what gets us up. Like like you were talking before, like yeah. you're a man that kind of sees opportunities and goes for them. Yeah. Very much like that. If I want something, I will yeah. give everything to get there and get after That's it. Cool. And so yeah, hence why, like we were talking, I found, so found my missus, got her married, got a new house and baby all in 12 months. <laughs> now look at the mess of it. It seems like you're in a beautiful place because like you said, you, you, you got into that role and then from that role, then it's kind of like, and it happens to so many people. They get into a role and it's working out. And we're like, well, we might as well continue this for another six months. Continue this for another six months. Yep, that's it. And I just, I like, I like testing myself. At the times, I don't, you know, it's it's a pressure environment. And like, again, back to the lessons of sport and things. Like, I was always panicking the night before a big game. Yeah. And I actually think I thrive on that. So the the need for that, the, yeah. and then that then brings out the best. So I think if I just sit comfy, yeah. like comfy, I, I struggle. I get bored quite yeah. easily. And I, I need to see that things are getting better. And again, I think that comes from the sport, the performance yeah. background. Like the I was in a role recently uh, working alongside my wife, and my wife was like, "Why don't you just just do the job?" shut the computer at five o'clock and we'll finish. I was like, yeah, but I can see that he's, there's bits that we can do there that can, Yeah. and I was diving into realms and departments Mm. that possibly, you know, wasn't needed or I shouldn't have been. But, you know, I like, I like to feel that things are moving forward. I like to feel that I'm helping people get better and move forward. And that all comes from sport and and the rugby. Like you just said then though, Tim, which is, bang on it come to my head then was we we I I have times and many others probably struggle to be satisfied then because after a game right you ask any player after a game we're all chasing that perfect performance yeah yeah so whenever you whenever you play a game you might have won one on the weekend right but then after the game what are you first things you're thinking about what could you do better, better. yeah mate and just as you're saying that so many things flash into your head don't they about the number of high-profile sports stars mm. that talk about, well, I won it, I enjoyed it for 30 seconds, and then I was like, well, what's happening next, next year? year? I look at Wigan, mm. th- like, even within the post-match interview last week, the interview, like, it was put to Matty Pete, so what's what's next? 
what's coming yeah, next wow. year? And he was like, whoa. And to be fair to him, and he, he actually made the point, well, we're going to enjoy this for now. And then, and then we'll look. But it's crazy, isn't it? Be, that all of these yeah. things, the next thing is, I've got, I've got my hands on the trophy. Right, where am I going? And mm. what am I doing? And how do I get better? And, it, it, and that's where I think we all need to do a little bit of work on what is, like, what are we after? Yeah, what like, are we what is that satisfied feeling? And, you know, you don't want to be the whole cliche of lying on your deathbed and, yeah. and thinking I chase work too much. But at the same time, is the satisfaction just the graft? I don't know. Yeah. The fact that you can come home at night knowing, you know, I pulled my finger out again today and I know that I've helped somebody a little bit and I've maybe shown... Yeah. Shown someone how to do something a little bit different, or and that is the satisfaction. The satisfaction. It's not an end point. Mm. Um, I, I, I generally don't know, but I, yeah, I think it's reflection. I think we do not reflect. We're so driven up by going forward and by proving that we, when we're going forward in life, we're, we're we're getting closer to our potential. And and but if you ask someone, what is your potential? Well, potential is a forever cycle. Yeah, like we don't stop on our potential. But if you Essentially, then, if you told yourself today I'm going to do five things, and you got all five things done, instead of going, well, what could I have done to go that six? Yeah. How about at the end of the day you sit there and you reflect on it? Well, you know what? It's a successful day today. Yeah. I've got them five things done. We when, but you do that for instance a rugby career or a sports career or anyone's career of ten, fifteen years. This is hardwired into your brain. So it's like your subconscious mind has got a lot of unpacking to do to 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 go. Okay, well, I can't like be content with that. Yeah, and then reset and go again. Like building blocks. Like it's 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 really interesting. And I, I, like we're we're all like until we can unpack that and and find I find anyways finding gratitude and goodness in the little things in life because we're always trying to chase the stars. But like there's so many beautiful things on the process to the star. Hundred percent. You know. Hundred percent. And that the whole where where is your focus and what are you focusing on and the, the whole red car theory of yeah. like if you're so driven on a goal, and this comes back to where I was talking probably about my friends, like you get so driven to reach a goal yeah. that all of that other stuff around mm. becomes noise that gets cut out mm. and Sometimes that little bit of noise is good, yeah. and you, it needs it to keep you enriched to be able to to push on before that burnout and that stress. Because you know, it's funny that it's only when you step out of something, you yeah. often see a, another way of working things out. Yeah. Like the um, the number of times that I've found, I mean, this is a, a probably a silly example, but I found that being worked up and stressed about a problem to then go in the gym with no music on mm-hmm. just train and suddenly from mid you know mid rep you're like that's it i've got it like, i just need to scribble this down because i've just solved everything <laughs> that i was trying to work out for the last two hours and get myself mm-hmm. really ratty about it's funny how like just taking your mind off that focus for a little bit can actually help to the creativity to open up and solve a problem so true that's so true tim that is really interesting i like that and like when you talk about talk about that like i think like we are 
like the, I think we're designed right where we're like you know the way we figure out we got to do more to figure it out. But then sometimes it's doing less actually 100%. helps you. Like if if you're stuck at your desk or if you're doing a project and it's like I just can't get this A to B and figure it out. And and I've learned from burnout, overwhelm, thinking like Fuck, I can't do this. And then I've gone for a jog, I've gone for a walk. And I'm like, my creative mind is back in place. Probably yeah. like yourself, Tim. And it's well, like, boom. It, it happened to me j- just this morning. So we were having the conversation before about kind of. I'm currently in a situation mm. where uh, the company I was working with went belly up yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. And I'm now in that another kind of transition moment. I don't really like that word, but I'm in a, a point mm. now where things are changing again. And I feel like I've got something I can give. Yeah. I just don't know what it is. And I, I don't know how to package it. And then I'm in the gym this morning training and I suddenly don't know where it came from. I'm scribbling. I've got a whiteboard full of stuff now about, and I didn't go in there to work. I went in there to train. And it, it is, it's that step back. It's that ability almost to disengage mm. the brain that then allows the creativity to come in. I've done a load of reading recently over kind of gut instinct and acting on your gut and what is your gut and, and I'm trying to trying to use that a little bit nice. more and just kind of, yeah. Mm. And I, I, like I say, that, that whole fake it till you make it, I don't know mm. what this idea is in my head at the minute that's coming, yeah. but I, I know that there's something that I can help. And it's around kind of for, like sports people nice. moving into work. I mean... We were transitioning. Trans, yeah, transitioning, like, and we were, again, we were mentioning before, you, you've done a uh, podcast with Barry oh, Mack yeah. about, and Baz was talking about how his advice to someone that was transitioning would always be, you do it for yourself, no one will do it for you. you, you make the most of every opportunity yourself, people will open doors for you, but you've got to t- walk through them. Yeah. And I was never a Barry Mack. I don't have the name, I didn't have the career, didn't have any of that. But a lot of the lessons I learned are very similar to Barry. So for all I may not get the same doors opened, I've had to find my way through to get to other doors. But I think there's this feeling that when people get cut, you know, before what they seem as their prime within sport, and then it's like, oh, what, what can I do? I can't. And then they go to look to an employer who says, well, you've got no experience, all you've done is play rugby. There's so much that that person can offer you as a company from just being in sport and not having that experience and maybe giving you a different reflection on the way your company works. So, yeah, I don't I don't know where it lies, but yeah. I think there I have, do have a story and a message that definitely. I can help with. Well, man, like like you said, I I definitely believe, and even you just talking about then, like I think voicing it to someone more ideas come like you're probably thinking more about it now they're saying it you're like well how can I make that it's like creating a transition page uh, scenario for these rugby players or even other sports as well but then let's let's reflect man on on yourself obviously like you know you you played for witness for all those years and you know you had that nasty injury what you what age were you at when you had the so uh, my wife will kill me because I'm useless on dates and ages (laughs) and uh, but I was I was 23 when it happened uh, 24 when I ended up retiring. Um, I was playing, uh, I played a uh, couple of years in first team, first grade for Vikings, 
we played in a testimonial game against Warrington. Uh, really innocuous challenge um, from, I, I can name him, Chris Bridge. Yeah, um, yeah. And only because we then down the line, Bridgey came playing at witness. That's, and, that's right. Uh, as you do in a team environment, yeah. what's the first thing that happens as he walks through the door? Bridgey, what are you going to say to Sherlock for ending <laughs> his career? Like, it, was, just, it was just... That's the way it that's is. That's it, but it's that's it. So true. Um, that's but really innocuous challenge and ended up fracturing my neck. Um, How did the tackle go? Like, was it a tackle? So, I, yeah, I just, got, I just got landed on my head. And even, you know, that we were joking about the Bridgie thing, but Bridgie doesn't remember it. I don't really remember it until I kind of watched it back. Mm. It, was, it was nothing. And I ended up, I played the game. I, oh. I carried on the game. I then went into training the following day, two days after, but and was always, I always put my head in the wrong place. So I was always feeling a bit fuzzy and a bit dizzy days after. Um, but this one time, this it just wasn't going away. And I, I remember doing a, a recovery session on the field and coming in to the change room and just saying to the team, Doc, mate, just can you just check me? Something, something feels funny, something feels off. And within 10 minutes, I was strapped on a spinal board, being taken into the, the hospital with a suspected broken neck. And from there, it was it was confirmed. And yeah, it was a long road. And I I'd, I'd damaged some of the uh, nerves, the vertebral artery. Um, and at that point, people were saying, like, yeah, mm. we, should, we should give it a mess now. Like, think about other things. You've got your degrees, go and, go and do that. And I couldn't. I, I just I just couldn't let it lie. Oh. I wanted to get fit, uh, so spent the t- like the club, but unreal at the time. Uh, there was a, a physio there, Becky Hodges, was mega. Virtually became full time physio nurse, everything to me. Um, and we spent many an hour on Churley Park, um, just being bashed, trying to get myself back mm. to because I couldn't stand up. People make jokes that I like my whole um, vestibular system had shut down. I didn't know balance. I had to wow. reteach myself how to take a bang and get back up. And uh, yeah, it was, so it was a long, quite a long road and it was about seven or eight months. Um, and I remember playing, then going back and playing academy grade. Uh, and then we played a game at Halifax. I got one, like I went into a tackle, got one bang on the back of my head again. And I was a fullback. So the following set, they kicked the ball up to me and the video just shows me going to catch a ball and the ball bouncing 40 yards away because wow. I just didn't know where I was. And I ended up collapsing and falling off the field and that was that was wow. enough to say that's me that's me done. And it was a reoccurrence of all the, the nerve and artery issues had gone on. So yeah. Wow, so it was it was tough. And then so that that then was when I, I retired and Got of course we stayed with the club before. So, yeah. uh, obviously, like when you had the first hit from Bridge, uh, Chris Bridge, um, like how did it t- only take a couple of days, a day or two after to actually get to the? I'm not feeling great. Was it like because it was nerve endings as well with this, or the yeah? Break was so like, they well, the 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 doctors basically um, uh, put it down to like imagine elastic band that gets stretched too far and then it doesn't ever coil back up. That was basically what they said had happened to my nerves and to my artery and my neck, the position it had been put in, which then caused the complications to it. 
Um, but yeah, like it's rugby. It's so it, yeah. like we all signed up for it, and by no, and I only mentioned him because yeah. it, it, you know, we're good friends now, yeah, yeah. and and there is absolute. There's no ounce of anything. It we all signed up to play the same game, yeah. and and things happen along the way, don't they? That's that's just life. Um, so yeah, yeah. Wow. I, how how did you deal? Like obviously, twenty three, you kind of like. St- Still a baby in the game, really. At twenty three, as in, yeah. like, there's so much more to you. Like, and and I, could, I really feel what you're talking about, there, Tim, because I, I've relate, I can relate massively to that. It's like the someone's like literally taken your joy, happiness, purpose, meaning, whatever you want to put in there, and like and your identity is connected to this. How did you deal with it? So, like, it's funny because when we were talking about pur- purpose, then I was thinking about this. I I only came into uh, rugby league mm. late on, so I only really started when I was sixteen. Oh, okay. I um, was playing. I played football. Mm. Went to high school. They were short of a player one day. Asked me to play. By chance, there was a Saint scout there who said, "Do you want to fancy having a go?" Mm. And 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 that was how I kind of fell into the game. So I never had those like big aspirations of being a rugby league player. Mm. When I got in there. That's all I wanted to Liked be. It. And I think that, so that, that drive and that purpose was to be, mm. like, I have to be the best. That's, mm. that's how I'm wired. I never am. I will I kind of put that out there. But that's where I'm wired. I have to win this game. I have to be the best. I have to, if we, with this podcast now, has to have the most people listening <laughs> to it ever. Like, and if they don't, what's mm. gone wrong? Or why can I get? And that's what it was. So when I got injured... I felt like you've robbed me of that chance to do that. Now, like I say, I only ever made up the numbers. I never only ever put a kit on just to make up the numbers. I was never that mega star. I probably never would have been, like being on the reality side of it. But that was for me to decide, not for this injury to decide. And that was the bit that I struggled with. And I think that's why I then kind of tra- like moved into the coaching role quite well and quite seamlessly mm. in helping the other lads in the way I did in, in terms of my welfare role mm. and my strength and conditioning role because I could then kind of, you know, when they say you like live through your children, I was living yeah. through the other lads yeah. um, and trying to help these young lads then grow, like move on. And that is nice now to see a lot of them in the top teams, winning the trophies cool. like at the weekend, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that's that's buzzing, and I, I I do feel like I've helped in a way, yeah, yeah. Um, in a small way, but so, but it was the it was the fact that something else, not someone, something else was making the decision for me to stop that was hard, um, but then like with most things, like we're talking about the two transitions, I also didn't see the club going belly up. Mm. and having to lose my job when my wife worked there as well at the same time. So we were both out of a job within no time. I didn't see that coming. That was something else that made that decision for me. Luckily, Mm. having been injured, I've been in a similar situation already. So now I've got some tools to kind of cope with it. This time around, when it's happened again in the last few weeks, and it's funny the people that ring you and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you. Like, what are you going to do? And it's like, We'll be all right. Like yeah. I've I've been here before now a couple of times, Stop, and yeah. things work out. Work out yeah. Things will get really badly, 
if I then start panicking and going, yeah. oh my God, what are we going to do? We've got a mortgage to pay. We've got this. But I've learned lessons from before. We've got money aside now, just in case. Yeah. So, so it's again, it's experience. We were talking before about maturing as a yeah. player. You were, you wouldn't do what you'd, you know, going back yeah. to Swinton, you wouldn't do as you did it when yeah, you yeah. first started. It's that. It's just learning and being able to adapt and cope. And yeah, yeah, it's true though. It's true. But I, you know what? Like, I, I, I believe that they did this. Like, there's loads of things in that you spoke about, Tim. But like we are about now, we're changing. And like when these things you say, you can waffle. I can I waffle. Can waffle. <laughs> and I know. <laughs> and I'm I'd to, lost I, you then. Yeah. You, you asked me one question. I've ended yeah, up somewhere I, completely different. I love it. Though. I love it because obviously there's a, that's a big, big thing in our lives right and okay we'll go to that part, point then for instance i i realize right that like that this this whole thing rugby or whatever it is you do right it's um it's just like a game you d- you enjoy to play it like you know someone who plays video games all the time call, do they identify themselves as a call of duty person no it's because it makes them happy it's fun like my injuries actually i need i needed to go through my injuries to actually realise what was going on deep down in me. Yeah. You know. And some ways, I feel like sport and teams can become a crutch, mm, almost. 100%. So if you, you think about it, you go out in a, a social environment, you'll sit around with a load of people, hi, this is, this is, this is Steve, he's, he's my mate from school. How are you? Hi, Steve, you all right? You'll have a conversation about whatever. Yeah. It will only be two or three hours down the line that you'll say, oh, so go on, Steve, what do you do for a living? Mm. You've already decided you like this bloke. You've been talking to him for two hours, and it's only two hours in, you've said. But how many times are you around a table, or were you around a table? Oh, this is Tim, he plays for Witness Vikings. And straight away, everyone's talking. Latched on to And so, you know, it's that whole chicken and egg thing. Like, is it the, do you get that identity grained into you? Because that's all you're ever introduced Mm. as. Or are you using that as a shield? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not drinking tonight because I'm yeah. I'm a pro rugby player, and and so you be, and it's hard it's then hard. when you don't have that as mm. to be who you are, and that identity thing I think is a big, a huge rabbit hole Massive. for a lot of people to to jump down and discuss and look at because yeah, it's it it's a funny one that yeah, it is. Is it is it a crutch? To to because we're all harboring something that we all don't feel good enough, maybe, yeah, and maybe. we're all just trying to be the best players we can to prove that we're good enough. I think that to, that's me yeah. personally, but for others that might not be the case. But then when you look at the the real experts in the field, the real masters like within the rugby field, they probably don't give a shit. Yeah, you know they're what? just turning up to play. They're turning up to play. They're probably you know what though the. the the best players in the in the game right are probably playing with the biggest probably biggest fear. And I, I I you know I seen this study thing the other day. I think Jordan Peterson talks about it. How they did a study on on my uh, rats, and there was a block of cheese there, and they they were like had like a um, like a spring connected to the tail. So the harder they pulled is in replication of how much they wanted it. Right. Um. And when they had no no cat um when they had no you know when when they had no reason to do it but they were just hungry they just pulled but they wouldn't pull that hard but then when they put a cat behind them you want to see how much they the were when they had fear there 
So you think about Funny, that in life. What makes us really want to change? The fear, the scare, like l- losing your job sometimes could be the best thing ever because it gives you the fear to go, you know what? I better start doing what I really want to do right now and take an action or I'm going to stay in this job right now because it pays okay. Yeah, It doesn't fulfill me that much, but um, I get by on it and... You know, some of the people in work do my head and Monday suck now and then, but by Wednesday, I'm feeling okay. So sometimes we need that fear to scare the shit out of us yeah. to take us that, to pull us really But out. isn't it funny, like when you started telling that story then and fear, I was like, fear? It's like crippling. Mm. But actually what you're talking about there is like the drive. Yeah. But the fear is what triggered that drive. Mm. And that... And I, I think that, that that's massive. It, it is. It's what will force you out of that comfort zone. Um, I, we've got two kids. I was telling mm. you, we've recently got a puppy. If I don't have those three, mm. do I still have the drive now yeah. to go on and kick on into another decent career? Or do I take the first opportunity that someone's offered me, which is packing shelves in the warehouse, because that'll just pay the bill. Security, boom, take it, yeah. But I've got those three now, and Mm. my wife, obviously. So my drive now is instantly because I need to provide Mm. for them. It's finding the hook. It's finding what it is that drives you Mm. on. Yeah. And you're right, sometimes that needs to be forced. Sometimes you need the cow. You don't even know it. Mm. So you without that and without that kind of bit of pressure, yeah, you you don't realize what you've got inside. Hundred percent. For instance, Tim, how many times have you been at a club where there's when do you normally get your best results of a player when they've got competition in the same position? Someone's just come on loan and they start and they're not getting a crack of there, but he's played X amount of games. He's your position. Okay, yeah. you've got a fire. You've got to crack up the ass now because you know you've got to step up. Fear, fear base is going to make us get there. We've, we've. But who would ever say they would want to go to a club where there's going to be that competition? And and, and you know, realistically, everyone would say no one. I want to go and get the cushy number. I want that shirt. It's yeah. mad. But exactly. But, but fear of this of not performing is what actually pushes us. And and I think you know the most successful people in the world they probably have the the deepest fears ever of insecurities. Like we've all got insecurities. Fuck, we've, oh. we've got like even I think even when I transitioned from rugby to working normally and and doing trying to find my passion again was I struggled with the fact of um, for my whole life, you know, I wasn't the greatest at school. I was good at sports, so my ego was blown up from family. Family, my uncle, my nan, my granddad would talk about rugby. My mate would talk about Ollie the rugby. You could probably relate to this, Tim. But then when it got taken away, um, you're like, how do, I, how do I feel normal without chasing a high like this? Like, is, is normal this? Yeah. And the, the, this is the, the struggles we're having now yeah. as parents mm. because the, exactly what you've said. And you, you, you're praised on your sporting prowess all the way through. And my, my daughter's just done a gymnastics tournament and didn't do the best mm. at all that she could do. My wife sat next to me. She's going, you dare. You dare say anything to her. Mm. And I'm like, she needs to be better. She needs to be better. Yeah. She's like, she's six. Mm. Get a grip. Look at the smile on her face. And it's 
straight away, it does make you realise just the, the discipline that the yeah. sport is teaching her will set her up for life. She's enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And if she wants to be the best at it, she will naturally work at it to get there. The pressure from the outside to say, my daughter's a gymnast and all she does, not does that mean that she thinks the only time I give her praise is on that? Mm. And so it's hard now reflecting on it as a parent yeah. to try and not, throw that in because parents are proud right so we were as when we were growing up being the rugby our parents were proud oh. to say oh yeah he's oh, look what he's doing with his rugby have you seen blah, blah. and you think it's the only way i get praise here and yeah. and i quite like this praise and this you know the the celebrity that comes with it Dad, dad's proud of me more but now that's gone yeah because of something you couldn't control. Mm. And so, so yeah, so the whole identity thing is, is massive. And I think if we look more, particularly as kids growing up in schools mm. and, you know, the school schooling system and grading yeah. and all of that, I'd, again, is putting the marker on, mm. oh, how clever are you and not how, yeah. you know, well done for working so hard. And I know peop more people are talking about kind of praising the effort and not the 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 reward and the yeah. map. But I think there's so much more we can do. And that then sets people up. Having said that, I don't think work ethic is ever a problem within a sports environment. No, and that's not. why when I'm talking about that transition into the the, the real world or the, yeah. the, the normal working life, you will not find a better person mm, so than true. a professional sports person once they're engaged. Mm. If they're in a, an area that they enjoy doing... Yeah, you'll see massive results. Massive. Because they're willing to learn. Mm -hmm. Because they've only ever been coached. They're loyal because they've only ever known a team. Mm. They will go that extra mile for you if they can see that it bring. But people don't see it because yeah, it's hard. they're and not from that world. And you know, the other thing as well is not many... Like, I, I've picked up numerous of times where you've said, you know what? Was I going to be the best player in the world? Probably not. I yeah. was a squad number. So we're already downplaying ourselves. Yeah. Because that's how we've been told. Be humble. Be this, be that. And this has been a transition for me. Like I told you, sometimes you just got to puff your chest down. Go, you know what? Bring confidence to this and, and own it. And, 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 it, and it's an uncomfortable spot to be like, yeah, I can do that. You know what? I'm going to put a bet on I'll do that for you. And if it doesn't work out... Keep whatever you want. Yeah. You don't need my service again. And, yeah. and those are the things we've got to change because, like, what life is, right, and, and I see this in sports, is we are a piece of the puzzle. If you are in a, a sporting environment, a team environment, whatever is in life, your contribution is this, but you're a part of a bigger process. Yeah, And that's life, I think. Life for me is you're a part of a bigger thing. When you think it's all about you, your ego, you're, you're, you, like, oh. it, it, you go, you're failing. But when you realize you, you need to connect, you need to know that this is your strength and with, with so-and-so here, build them together, we make this production line work. But, but at the same, I've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent, but it's like, you're, because you're, of sports, we've actually held ourselves back on self-belief because we've been, pro we've, like, I'll prove to you while I'm training. I'll prove to you while I'm playing, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And or believe it. Or yeah. I think sometimes we're we're constantly just trying to prove to the yeah. coach that I, I should be in that team. That mm. I, I can do what you but how many actually genuinely believe that? And 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 so you're right. But you're right in the sense yeah. of the machine will always move on. Yeah. The club will always be there whether you are or not. Mm. You can just do the best you've got in the time that you've got yeah. at that particular place in that particular opportunity. And, you know, I think most people, like sports people, grasp that. Yeah. That it's then when you're not in that sports environment, then how do you apply that in what you're doing? And that, that in that transition period of, of kind of, that re- realization of not being in the machine mm. and yeah. what I was that machine. Yeah. Well, no, you weren't because look, it's still functioning it's still fine functioning without you. you. And that then is that, Oh my God, I yeah. wasn't who I, my ego told me I was. And now I've got to find mm. my new reason, my new drive. Like yeah. we're saying that new fear. Mm. And that was where I struggled a little bit particularly when I, I left rugby completely. And like you, was, you were kind of alluding to, not wanting to watch the game, not wanting to watch, because well, I can't, because that it's not allowed to do well. It's not allowed to yeah. succeed if I'm not there. Like, who am I to say that? Like, yeah. the machine moves on and we've, we've all got to learn that yeah. life doesn't. Well, that's it. Well, let's be honest as well, Tim. Like, have you ever been dropped before, right? I've, I've been dropped many oh, times. Oh, many times. Yeah, many times. Many <laughs> a time. When you're... Well, dropped. I never got in the team to get <laughs> dropped. That was my problem. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're, too, you're too thing on yourself, yeah. mate. But, like, you know, how many times have you seen someone in your position and you've nitpicked them? I fucking... I actually hope we lose this weekend. Mate, I was doing it the weekend with my gymna- with my daughter's <laughs> gymnast. I hope she falls off this beam because that means Frankie's got a chance. Like, it's <laughs> mad. It's just us. It's our way we process yeah. it. And... and, and these things then we've got to, I think we've got to try and break them because they, they'll sabotage us down other aspects of life. And um, Your focus yeah. then goes on somebody else's performance and not yours. Mm. And ultimately, if if you do fall short, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't like all the cliches of, you know, failing actually make is the best, mm. but it's true. it's true. Like the times that you haven't succeeded will be the times that are most developmentally beneficial to you because you will learn why you didn't. You will learn to push on and you'll next time you'll get better at it. Mm -hmm. And that all you're doing by saying, I hope he does that, is giving someone else a re like giving Mm -hmm. another person to blame or another thing to blame. And that ain't gonna get you anywhere in life because you weren't in the team because you weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard pill to swallow. It isn't is. It? It's tough. And uh, taking that, looking in, that's another thing. Like, said, like we look out, the reason why so-and-so didn't work for me and I didn't get selected because that coach was this. and Possibly true. But like, yeah. fl- flipping the coin, I go, what did I contribute? Yeah, exactly. What, what could I do better? Was I, was I actually training? Yeah. Or did my gut tell me six months ago that, that opportunity that came to go out on loan, I should have took. Should have took it. Or when I was told that maybe I should turn down that contract to go for a cheaper contract down the road, mm. and I knew that really that was the point, but my ego said, "Yeah, yeah, more money means more success." That that plays mm. a part, I think, in it. Yeah, and 
I think sometimes looking a little bit longer term, trusting gut will actually give you more mm. back to where we were. Satisfaction. Satisfaction yeah. We'll put the kettle on now. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead right, getting comfy now. <laughs> Get a sleeping bag in. The other thing was, I remember like playing the victim card. So when I was at Leeds, a funny thing, Barry Mack was there, right? But Barry was our like head of development of Leeds Rhinos when I was there. And I, I mean, I kid you not, right? When he came in, he was like seeing my old school teacher. I, I was nervous as shit. Mad, in it? I buzz. Put my head down a little because he yeah. was intimidating. Well, he is still intimidating. Still, still is. Massive. Wide as he is tall, mate. And I was like, I buzz. All right, mate. And then it broke the ice a bit. Well, less intimidating now he's got the teeth and the tan. Yeah, he's got now the that, now that, teeth. Now that he's a, a sky pundit. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a hell of a tan, <laughs> mate. So, but what it was, right? I remember it. I was. Under 20s was the last year under 20s. And he said to me, Look, all right, we're going to offer you a contract um, for next year. Uh, I said, okay, because I was only 19. So we'll do another year of reserve grade. Um, I can't remember every detail, but it was buttons, absolute buttons. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Who the fuck did I think I was, first of all? I was like, mate, that's embarrassing, that offer. It's like, And I was like, mate, can I get a bit more than that? And he was like, no, like that's the way you're at. I said, I'll tell you what, next week, we're playing Wakefield. I'm going to prove to you I'm worth more than that. Played against Wakefield, did my ACL, uh, 12 months out. And I um, I remember that, that contract. And he was like, what, what contract? Yeah, off the table. Off the table, gone. And I remember going, fuck, you know, victim card out. The reason why I didn't make it is because of my this, that. It didn't, my knee otherwise would have made it. It was like, no, well, no, you were, you were okay player. Like, but there was better players than you. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I could have carried that victim card into life or you go, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. What can I play with the cards I've been dealt? And there's so many people I know that play in that victim card today in life and they're, they're 40, 50. Oh, mate, massive. And there's so much to impact there on w in what you've just said over like the contract offer and things. Yeah. And I know now the ripe old age of 40 that I keep now bringing up, there's, I don't know whether it's an old man syndrome thing in me, but as w when we were growing up within the game, um, to get offered a contract at a club was like the biggest thing. So you signed it, no matter what. No, the figures, you just signed it. Gradually now, as like eras and generations are changing, it's becoming more and more. And like, kind of, you listen to some conversations now about guys, like young lads being offered 30 grand and going, what? <laughs> Worth yeah. more than that. And I struggle sometimes a little bit with that because I'm like, who are you? Yeah. At the minute... 30 grand in the open wide world is a very good pay packet. You're doing a job that you love. And if you are as good as you say you are, that 30 grand will be doubled in 12 months. It will be tripled in five years time and you'll have a name to yourself. You'll have a legacy. Potentially turning that down says, you know, yeah. turning that down, maybe getting offered more money brings more pressure because, yeah. well, we've, you know, we've, Done what you've said, Ollie. There's your extra fifteen grand. You've got to show us now that yeah. you're that, uh, that player. It brings more pressure. pressure. So there's there's so much in that that I think sometimes that 
again, long distance view of, yeah. I know I am the best player in the world and mm. I will prove that to you. And you've just given me that lifeline to give me another. Mm. So there's that. Should have done that. But it happens. It, it should have would have, innit? Should have would have. It should have would have. But yeah, that's it. And you know, it's not that you made the wrong decision. No. I'm not. But I, I found that 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 kind of generation on generation gets more gets mm. kind of more inflated as to what you know the value of a person and the value of their talent can kind of get slightly overinflated. Mm when you compare it to where you are in the walk of life and and it isn't just in sport that that's kind of anyone look at someone sat behind a desk who then goes to the boss and just says right i've been here for five years give me a 10 grand pay rise what for yeah i'm going to give you a 10 grand pay rise and you're going to do the exact same job for me that you're doing you're always doing you've got to give me something to so so there's that there's that in that but again Back to the victim mentality. At the same time, then you made that decision yeah. and live it. Like mm. and yeah. What off the topic a bit now, Tim? Though, so when you finished up with Witness, when they went bankrupt or you know, kabush, whatever you want to talk yeah. about, what what was it like for you then? Was that did it all settle in a bit then with you? Within like or oh, um, you know, because you said about you know you took like. You didn't fully leave the club, did you? You, you transitioned no. into that was when it hit me hardest. Yeah, um, and I. What year was that? Uh, not good wow. with numbers, but not good with numbers at all. So it was it was the last time Witness got relegated. Um, mm. Who's the coach? It Darryl? was. Um, it well, it was it was Dennis for a Dennis, bit. Sorry, it Dennis, was Dennis, Bess. and then uh, Francis Cummins came in for the end, but. The damage was the done, and I, I will also say that it wasn't the it wasn't the player like the players. The formulation wasn't right. Let's put it that way. It, it certainly wasn't kind of down to Dennis's coaching by any stretch, um, but it just didn't work. It, the, you know, the organization uh, yeah. just had flaws that just meant it didn't move forward. But that I think that was the time that it yeah that it. That it really questioned me on who am I, mm. and what am I, and what do I do, um, and I kind of was put in a. I would say I was put in a corner. I, di I didn't really have that mindset of I've got something to offer other people, so I, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll just go back to what I know. Mm. So I um, converted my garage into a gym, and I started PT and personal training. Heavy barbell was that? What it was? Uh, no, I just like moving heavy bars. Ah, seen that post. It was homes from home. Oh, homes from home. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, so I set that up, and, and and that business was going going reasonably well. Um, I then kind of through rugby connections started working with some uh, fighters of Anthony Crawlers nice. in the boxing world, and started seeing that kind of and realizing, oh shit, I you know I have got something to offer here that people like people are enjoying, people are getting a lot from, people are developing from. I set that up eight months before COVID. Mm. COVID hit and all gyms shut. Yeah. As an eight-month-old business, I then wasn't eligible for any grant. So I was put then again back into another hole. And I don't really think, honestly, that I'd properly found that sense of identity still. Mm. I was doing something to make money mm. but I wasn't 
there, even in like, I wouldn't post on social media because through fear of what experts in the field would then say. And and when I say experts, I just mean the gym down the road or the players I've worked with to the point they, that was even in my head of like, what will he say if he sees me training this person and putting this out there and are they going to criticize me? Are they going to, that, that fear was consuming me in everything I did. I then got through COVID. I started doing as everyone did the kind of online coaching, messaging, and oh, coaching. Yeah. And then some reality started to dawn. I then also started doing some work, as we were saying, mm. with my wife's business in terms of data analyzing and data inputting, and realizing that oh, I'm getting some positive feedback here yeah. as well. So maybe Tim has something to offer and not Sherlock because yeah, I yeah. was that. And we were joking and you, you said before, everyone knows you're Sherlock, Sherlock and they do. Like there were many lads within the rugby world that wouldn't know me as Tim. There was one in one time, the uh, dopers turned up at the club and asked for me by name to one of the lads. And they were like, Who's that? he's not here, <laughs> not here. And it was only with him walking into the office and going, some blokes out there asking for Tim Holmes. Who's, and they're like, it's Sherlock. And he was like, oh my God. Didn't even know his name. Shit. Like, smart, didn't realize. So, but that, I had built that character. Yeah, yeah. And now that character doesn't have any, it's like taking Superman out of, out yeah. of um, Metropolis. Like, I, I'm just not known. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was mad. So, that, that was hard. And kind of then that, it was a long time before I realized what I could do mm. and in the meantime I've then got my wife who's saying to me like what are you I don't get it like you're married you've got two kids that idolize you and I was like yeah no but yeah yeah it something I've there's something and it what like I love them to bits and they are you know they are my main priority they're what I look but there's something in there yeah. that I need and and it and it has took a while, and you know there's still quite a bit of self doubt. Hence, like like this is kind of like out of my realm, yeah, and yeah. I'm now like when you first asked, it was like oh God, like yeah, the, the people that he's interviewed before, and now he's asking me, and what are people gonna and blah blah blah. But and I, I'll be messaging you all night tonight, going, <laughs> did you did what did love, you think? What did you think? It, did you think? It, like, no, I mad. get I get it, I get it, I totally do because I've had people on the sh- on the podcast far bigger names than me. And you're having this fucking hell, fucking, and then they get there. They've got two legs, they've got two arms, and they're normal. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? Why did I put all that pressure yeah. on this? And beam? they've had the challenges you've had as well, yeah. and they yeah. like, so yeah. It's like, man, yeah. and like you, you being here today, man, is 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 a privilege for me. Like, I mean, uh, you Thanks. you you've got a hell of a story, and I feel like we can talk forever. Hundred percent. And um, but like some some serious gems, like you don't realize the the. The adversities that you've been into, man, you know, they will put you into the depths of life, but then you come out of them and rinse. And they're sometimes the reason why you can keep going through these hardships that other people can't. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But man, it, I, yeah, I think I think you you've got so much to offer still. Still, at a, at a, a baby ripe old age, age of 40. 40 odd. I think maybe 40 is a new yeah. 20. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep telling myself. 
yeah. I was gonna what was I gonna ask you before we wrap it up is um yeah, I think your idea idea with the transition in mate is 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 there and is is just fine tuning it, seeing what you can do, reach out to people, reach out to people who've been in that. And uh, you know, one of the things I I learned was like these experiences that I've had were five years ago, five, six years ago. I've got to put my 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 emotions back into that place. Remember how I felt. Because yeah. that's how they are feeling right now. Yeah. And then okay, well, how did I get X? How did I bring the dots together? Because when you're, it's like trying to tell a teenager how to be a teenager when you're 40 or 30. You're like, I can't even remember when I was 16, yeah. what I was, you know what I mean? So you got to bring ourselves back. But Tim, I, I can waffle. I can talk a lot of shit. Well, I think I've challenged you today. <laughs> I think I've <laughs> challenged you. I think I'm pushing uh, you there. Babe, I just, I just want to <laughs> ask Tim, um, I always ask all my guests before we wrap up, um, you know, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. Mm. Uh, without my missus, I don't know where I'd be. Um, and, I, and I know that, again, is is slightly cliche, but sh- I think it's important to have someone by you that at least can see mm. your strengths and keeps reminding you of them yeah. at times when you don't. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm uh, Again, I'm grateful for the, the, the hard times. Mm. And... Uh, I feel it's a faddy thing to say right now, but I genuinely am because I feel like they've been the times that have given me the clarity to realise mm. that you can get out of this mm. and nothing goes right. Mm. And without ever experiencing things going wrong, you don't realise you've got some tools in you that it's like that rusty old screwdriver that never gets brought out the box mm. but suddenly when something goes wrong and you think oh I've got that I've not used it before but I, I know I've got something in there that can yeah. do the job it's it's those times that bring out those tools those hidden strengths in you and yeah without them who knows I might be more of a wreck than I am now but yeah, yeah. no there's some <laughs> exciting stuff happening Sorry. for you and I think sometimes the key thing I learned in, in is is the fact that by the time we think we've got we need to learn it all before we can start it's yeah. too late yeah just just run with it it mad so everything i'm talking about gut instinct and yeah. what you focus on so i've i feel like i've had so many experiences of people saying that in the last mm. two weeks about if we wait for perfect it will never come mm. you're best just picking it up and going Go for it. not unplanned not kind of completely spontaneous with a little bit of yeah. thought and direction but if we wait for that perfect moment, it will never come and it will always be that idea in a notebook. So pick it up and run with it. So, yeah. No, but I know I appreciate you inviting me today because honoured to be here. Thank sitting you, in the hot seat. Thank you very much. You're doing great stuff. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Don't just talk it, walk it. Walk it zone. Don't just talk it.